1: but notice just above your head, on the camera, the, the, your picture with Prince Charles. Is that Prince Charles? What, what was it's Prince name?
0: Charles, and you can see Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah, Hillary, Clinton. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> ah, yes, Hillary
1: <laughs> Clinton. Okay, so uh, today is a special episode for me because I'm meeting one of the guys that I've been following since I came to Bulgaria in terms of uh, PR and communication. Uh, Maxime. I don't have enough time to introduce you to be honest, so what can you tell the, for the two people in my audience that don't know who you are, what can you tell them about yourself?
0: First of all, hello. My name is Maxim Behar and uh, I'm very happy to participate here with at this conversation. I just wanna open a big bracket at the very beginning that this is just the start. We can continue this talk, whatever you like on LinkedIn, Facebook, Of course, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you choose, you know. And uh, any questions you may have on public relations, public communications, marketing, social media, I'll be open to answer them on a further stage. Thank you, Maxime. I live in Bulgaria, but uh, usually I I say that I feel like a global citizen because uh, many of my capacities uh, brought me out of the country For years, I was living in many other countries, but uh, recently I was the president of ECO, which is the International Communications Consultancy Organization. This is the global PR uh, organization, which has about 55, 56 countries for more than 10,000 PR companies within. And these days I am the president of the World Communications Forum Association, which is based in Davos, Switzerland we launched World Communications Forum about 11 years ago in order to create a good base for networking and exchange of opinions about modern communications. You know, communications, public communications is the fastest developing and the most dynamic business these days. And that's why I feel happy even these days during pandemic, in lockdowns, when we speak throughout different online platforms, Mm -hmm. I feel happy because I can see a business changing faster than the speed of light sometimes. And all of us, we can adjust to this business. Number one, the ownership of media changed. This is the most dramatic change in the history, some say, of the public communications, I can say, in the history of the world. Because some 10, 15 years ago, in order to be a popular person, in order to achieve your branding, in order to present yourself, you should go to the media. And the media used to be newspapers, TV channels, radio stations. So limited number of access to those media. That's why there were four different categories or levels of public figures, public popular people. The TV anchors, the people who were reading news from the TV screen, because all the world, CNN or CNBC or whatever, Bloomberg TV, were watching, and locally, of course, all the countries, they were watching these people. Number two, politicians, prime ministers, ministers, presidents, they were all over TV, you know, kings, queens, whatever. Number three, sports, because everybody loves sports, no matter if you watch tennis or ski or football or basketball or volleyball or whatever. And uh, number four, show business. Mm-hmm. Singers, you know, dancers, movie stars, whatever. So those four categories, they were totally smashed, I can say, yeah. by the rest of the people those days using social media. Yeah. We have about... 3 billion people using social media, 3 billion editors, 3 billion reporters, 3 billion publishers, because they own their media. You own a Zoom channel, it's a media. You own a Facebook uh, profile, it's a media. So this is a dramatic change, which turned the world upside down. Mm. Nobody could expect this, that one day you, will have your own TV channel or newspaper because all of us, we have YouTube channels yeah. and it's sometimes it's much more influential than a TV channel. Absolutely. On LinkedIn, I have about the, the, the total maximum of 30,000 followers or network mm. members or whatever. 30,000, which is the newspaper in my country, Bulgaria, but in many, many other countries having 30,000 circulation. Mm. But also, the second big change and the second advantage is that this media is not just media, it's the interactive media. You can click, you can argue, you can discuss, you can delete, you can block, you can unblock everything. So, we, so, so we this shifted. media is interactive.
1: Yeah, so, we shifted from basically what you're saying broadcasting to more of an exchange and dialogue, correct?
0: Not only all this dialogue that you say mm-hmm. and exchange and reading and posting, yeah. this means only one word: knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Social media transform the way we accept the world, the way we know the news, okay. the way we develop ourselves, yeah. mm-hmm. especially in business, but not only in business.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, reading books, uh, and I, sorry to say, I have two of my latest books in front of me, The Global PR Revolution, oh, well, which was last week
1: ranked... Uh,
0: yeah. Among the... Last week, it was ranked among the top 10 PR, best PR books in the whole history, which for me is more than a shock, even. I never, ever expected this. And this is my latest Bulgarian book, which will be next week on Amazon. Mm. It's called... Uh, the English title is... Uh, the morning after, and is dedicated on leadership during COVID. Why I'm I was showing these books because I don't read books in printed. It's Kindle
2: yeah.
0: or my tablet, yeah. and because it's it's very easy. It's very, so everything changed in the modern world, and this came through us, through public communications, okay. through the public relations business. Mm-hmm. This is one of the big change. The other big change is that for the past couple of years we observe a very dynamic merge between the three main components of the public communications business advertising public relations and digital business okay we were we were acting or dealing simultaneously for many years next to each other sometimes competing sometimes not even not even wanting to to accept that we are more or less in one and the same business. Sometimes we hate each other, sometimes we love each other, but at the end of the day we are doing one and the same business. Yeah. And this is important because in a couple of years there will be only one business involving advertising, public relations, digital. Many people say advertising will be the leading of this business. Okay. I can say and I have proofs that public relations will be the leading segment or the leading factor of this business. And the reason is very simple, the content. We create the content. All our business, 140 years, something like that, public relations business exists. We were doing content, nothing else. And content is now the leading in social media because not only graphical, but text, everything. Without content, you are dead. Yep. So it's a big change to think, and uh, happy to live in this world, and happy to be one of the most important players globally within this change. Well,
1: talking about the, what you said at the beginning when you mentioned politicians, I cannot help but notice just above your head on the camera the, the your picture with Prince Charles. Is that Prince Charles? What, what was it's that?
0: Prince Charles? And you can see Hillary Clinton. Yeah, below Hillary,
1: Hillary, <laughs> Ah, yes, Hillary Clinton. So okay, can you just, uh, I mean, I don't meet a lot of people that spoke personally to Prince Charles. So can you just touch a little bit, like in a couple of minutes, about that occasion? What was the occasion of that meeting?
0: Uh, it's a great story. I was telling this story many times, um, even during one of uh, my latest uh, TEDx uh, speech. The, uh, I went to London with my Prime Minister, King Simeon, uh, who was a Prime Minister at that time. And uh, Simeon is the only ever royal person became a Prime Minister or a public servant in a Republican government in uh-huh. the whole history of the world. Okay, okay. wow. Okay. Because okay. King Simeon, uh, His Majesty, won the elections mm-hmm. and he became a Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. So one day he called me on the phone and said, I'm going to London. Would you want to come with me? I was a president of the Bulgarian Business Leaders Forum, and I'm still on the board. And this was part of the Prince of Wales Business Leaders Forum, which was a worldwide network. So we were kind of a prince's trust in Bulgaria. Okay. And so I went to London, and I I was about to present to the Prince of Wales, the business ethics standard, which I wrote the night before. And that was the first ever business ethics standard in Bulgaria. At that time, ethics was a completely unknown word.
1: Yes, it was science fiction. So like it's something
0: unheard of. Nobody knew. And I can talk about about my definition of ethics later on. But then I went to London. The Prince of Wales didn't come to this meeting for some reason, mm-hmm. and he's European director, a very nice friend, Susan Simpson, an old lady with the big hat, mm-hmm. was, so she came, yeah. and then I presented the business ethical standard to Susan, and I said, Susan, give it to His Royal Highness, oh, okay. but tell him that if, if he doesn't come to Bulgaria within a couple of months, then to send me the ethical standard back, That mm-hmm. it was a joke. And then I came back to Sofia. I received an official invitation that the Prince of Wales is inviting me for lunch at the St. James Palace. So I went, I had a lunch with His Royal Highness. It was a beautiful lunch. We exchanged a lot of thoughts and uh, uh, a lot of stories came out from this lunch and we were laughing and joking. So we made pictures of course, but this picture is not from the lunch. This picture is from his visit to Bulgaria because then I, during the lunch, I said, your highness, you must come to Bulgaria to, and, and you must bring a group of British businessmen. So he came with a full airplane with businessmen. Whoa. And that's how it started. This is the picture from his Bulgarian visit. But that's how, that was the reason to start the, let's say, uh, United Kingdom's interest to the Bulgarian real estate okay and and it was quite known that a lot of breeds they came here about 30000 35000 yeah, they bought properties like, uh,
1: yeah something like this yes
0: and this visit this visit and my lunch with uh, his royal highness the prince of wales was the reason that they came here so it's a, it's a good story and i think the more people come to this country mm-hmm. the more people and you are one of them The more people stay in our bars and and restaurants and go down the streets, the better for the country. Listen, I have to be honest with you. A lot of
1: people ask me and still, even in my Bulgarian friends, they tell me, listen, you're Lebanese and you're, you're also a French citizen. And like, what what brings you to Bulgaria and why do you stay in Bulgaria? Why don't you go to France or to the, because the the logic in the mind of young people is to say, okay, I'm gonna study and then leave Bulgaria because of course the grass is greener everywhere else. Right? My my mindset is the opposite is, listen, everything in this country is to build from scratch. Like like the, the amazing opportunity that there is here uh for 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 guy for guys like me like in the mid 30s to to invest and to start businesses and you know like it's not a saturated uh environment for me to be able to to thrive and to create right like other environments can appear so from your observation where do you see what what can we tell bulgarians what can we tell because I mean, I'm I'm a foreigner here, and everybody, oh, ah, yeah, you're saying this because you're a foreigner. No, I'm saying this because it's it's a it's a country that allows to thrive on many levels, and I mean, what what can you say about this? Your
0: observation, your observation is very correct. That, uh, and I'm telling this everywhere on TV studios and discussions and talk shows or whatever. That. Bulgaria is, I think, the only European country with such a big opportunities and niches on the market to be fulfilled. And that's the only country I know in Europe that you can come with, I don't know, $50,000 in your bank account or credit card, and you can start business. Yeah. And you can succeed because this country is full with young, ambitious, intelligent, and eager to succeed young people. Absolutely. And, you know, this is very, very important. What I can tell to these young people, I can tell them go abroad, study, work, and if you wish, you can come back here. You know, international experience is also very important. I'm not the one who will say, no, 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 for the, God's sake, you stay Absolutely. here, you stay here, you don't move over Absolutely. there. Absolutely. On the contrary, go to France, go to the Netherlands, go to the United Kingdom. U.S., whatever, take you. You know, because sometimes you say Bulgarians come back. Majority of them will come back, of course. It, it will be the same like Turkey. Yeah. Because the Turkish business and the Turkish economy now is, now is based on the people who graduated in Germany. Absolutely. And it was the third generation Turkish so-called gastrobaters, you know, or immigrants or whatever. But sometimes people have their personal reasons not to come. They can fell in love. They can buy a property, they can build a family or whatever. But this is very important that Bulgarians go abroad, collect experience, make their good business, and if they want, they can... My daughter graduated in Scotland. She came back. She started her own business. And I was saying, it's your life. It's okay. Okay. But the fact that the people in Bulgaria... Are very intelligent, very open-minded, makes me proud. And I can say that it's a beautiful country to come and to find people to work in your office. The average age of my office is about 24, 25 years, something like that. And I'm so happy to work with young and well-educated professionals. Mm. Because I don't I don't count on them like a the colleagues, I count on them like a very high profile professionals and my clients of course they 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 count on them like professionals and
1: they're demanding the, the clients that you that you have i i assume are very demanding so that's in your uh, in your uh, in your line of business of course you're not they hiring, demand you're not hiring they anybody. demand yes you you don't need people just to execute you need actually people to think and to bring additional value to what you can bring and that's that's something very very interesting
0: to no think. no no uh, tofik absolutely In this book, The Day After, or Five Minutes Until Tomorrow is the Bulgarian title, the the whole book is crossed with one very important message. Everyone is a leader on his or hers place these days. Mm. There is not a big leader and you know, vertical. That the leader is giving orders and people are executing.
1: Model has been no way. Yes, it doesn't function anymore. This any any company that functions? Everyone,
0: you know, my assistant, the accounts executives, the experts, whatever, they're leaders. Absolutely. So this is also a dramatic change in the motor business. That leadership turned into a personal category mm. you know personal characteristics mm. is not anymore that one office one leader one big manager giving orders and then the rest of the people fulfill the orders absolutely. on the contrary it should be very horizontal way of managing the business
1: absolutely let's touch a little bit on on this it's a very interesting topic the the in um, in um, in general in marketing and pr companies uh, I, I, I always tell my team we, we serve and PR and events or PR and basically uh, we're, we're kind of a, the firemen of the marketing and of the branding department we, because because we function at a at a level of uh, commitment, stress, time time based projects. That is above anything you would know in a in a in a branding. I mean, if if you have a crisis management uh, for a politician, or if you have a crisis communication to to go through, or if you have an event, it has a timeline that is not like any like a product launch or 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 something else. And I was told, and I always tell the team, listen, you're uh, you're you're not you have to deal with uncertainty and you have to deal with uh, the, the uncertain type, uh, typology of human interaction, which is you, can, you know what to expect, but at some point you're also not expecting what, what comes to you. Do you, do you have like, a, like a, let, let's put it this way, like a story that you can tell us uh, on, on something that really made it like, made a paradigm shift in your, in your mind about this, about managing crises? Because of course in PR, we're not only managing the the good looks, but we're also sometimes managing a a, a tough situation or a crisis situation without going into confidentiality. But can you share with us
0: some learning about that? Every week I have different stories, of course. One of the the greatest story I have is the visit of Hillary Clinton to Bulgaria. Mm and I was the press director of the visit. And as a press director, I used to work with uh, producers on the White House, a big group of people, press people, uh, to, on the lighting, security, and everybody. Uh,
1: Hillary Clinton- So about- uh, I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton back when she was Secretary of State, right?
0: No, it was his, uh, her, her first visit as a first lady.
1: Ah, first lady, okay, so
0: back then, okay when she was first lady. So it was her first ever visit of first lady to Bulgaria. And before that, then, two years later, her husband came as a president. Yes, absolutely. As the first president, US president of history. But two years before, it was a big hustle because that was the first time first lady came to Bulgaria. So I was working with this so-called advanced team for the full month before she came. Yeah. And one day, about two weeks before the, the grand opening of the international conference, she was about to, to speak. The security guy told me no flowers in front of the table of my lady, no flowers. Okay. And I said, why? Because we were ordering flowers and we were working hard and, you know, hard day and night to, 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 to fix each detail of this visit. And he said, uh, whatever, you know, FBI guy or CA, or whatever, and he said no flowers for security reason. And I said, okay, no flowers, no flowers. So the night before, we were making rehearsals mm. and about 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, the main producer, a guy from the White House named Bain, turned to me and said, Max, where are the flowers? And I said, Bain, the security guy, Told me no flowers, and he looked at me and said, "Are you kidding me? My first lady without flowers? No way! Find the flowers." <laughs> and then it was two thirty in the morning. Yeah. The opening is, was eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then I said, "Oh my gosh, what what can I do?" And this is a high level state visit.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, the next day, my president yeah. would be there, uh, my first lady would be there, and and many presidents from. All around the, the, the Balkan region, they were coming as well. So I called Sheraton mm. at that time, the only mm. possible place. And I called the marketing director at three o'clock in the morning. And I said, Listen, can you rent me your flowers from the hotel? And she said, No way, because Hillary is a guest at my hotel. So she was- She lives there, oh, okay. and the hotel is around. Yeah. She was there, and she was surrounded by security guys. When a, then I called Kempinski at that time. Mm-hmm. Today, it's Marinella Hotel. but Yes,
1: yes. At that time
0: was. Then I called the, the GM. The, there were two GMs, one Irish guy, one Bulgarian. I called the Bulgarian guy. 3.30 in the morning. And she said, you know, Max, take the flowers. Just take the... But I, I want them back until noon. And I said, oh, thank you very much. So I went to a very famous, nice square downtown Sofia, and there were always uh, a small tracks with uh, people to, with movers, so-called movers, but day and night, it's called Macedonia Square down the down the so- city. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's still valid, maybe not, but at that time, there were these movers. with. The... So I paid some money to some guys and they moved the flowers to the National Theater. And then it was half an hour before Killary came. So Hillary came, she spoke and everything was perfect. And then I brought the flowers back and I went to Kempinski to see whether the flowers are there. And I said, oh my gosh, everything was perfect. Order a coffee at the lobby. And then the Irish GM came and said, oh, Max, how are you? I watched the uh, Hillary speech on the TV and it was brilliantly organized. Congratulations, my friend. I mentioned that we are using one of the same flower company because the flowers in front of Hillary were just like mine in Kempinski, he said. and I said, oh, most probably we're using one of the same flower company, but that were the, the same flowers like they had. So one of the very, I mean, one of the many stories which teach me that there is nothing impossible in our business, but it requires a lot of advanced preparation, absolutely it requires a lot of creativity and it requires hard work yeah
1: absolutely absolutely i can relate to those stories i've had some crazy stories on events and exhibitions i mean it's uh, it's it's countless and those stories br- brings the bring the team together listen maxime we're closing to the end so i just wanted to 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 ask you one more question is what do you see next uh, for the region, for Bulgaria, because uh, there there are many things that are moving and we, we live in a very complex world, especially with, as you touch on in the beginning with social media and new paradigm shifts and basically everybody has a voice now. So where do you see tendencies and what can you say to the younger generation of PR professionals that are basically now, okay, just watching and waiting for things to, to happen? What can you, what can you tell, tell them?
0: You know, to think by nature, I'm an optimist. Yeah. And my optimism for this country, which I was sharing 30 years ago, and then 20 years ago, and then 10 years ago, uh, always happened. Okay. And I'm an optimist, not just because like that I should be an optimist. My main reason these days, November 2020, to be an optimist, is the new generation, because young people, 25 years old, they come on stage, they can run the country, they can be ministers, prime ministers, two of my good friends crossed the Atlantic Ocean uh, three weeks ago for 105 days by homemade boat, Mm -hmm. uh, rowing the Atlantic Ocean for 105 days. It's uh, my good friend, Stefan, and his son, Max. Max is 17 years old. And I was listening to him many times after they came back. I know Max since then, since before that. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, 17 years old guy can be a prime minister of this country, can, can make connections, mm-hmm. knows how to deliver messages, honest, ethical, clever. And I'm not very specific on on that, but really young people will run the country in much better direction. Mm -hmm. And also they have a good base because this is the European country, long, long before we were members of the European Union. We didn't go to Europe. We went back back to Europe in 2007. So it's a country full of people with European mentality, they will run the country very soon, mm-hmm. in a much better direction. and I would be very happy to be part of this process.
1: Yeah, me too. To be honest with you, me too. That's why I'm that's why I'm staying here and I'm observing as well and see if we can uh, if we can be part of making history again or, or something like that if you want to call it. Maxime, listen, thank you very much for your time. Thank
2: you.
0: thank so Maxime here. wa sahla. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Thank you for watching this video. I hope it brought you some value. If you would like to engage, please leave a comment in the comment section. You can also click the subscribe button and activate notification to receive the updates on this channel.
0: Imagine-